slowly but surely I've been letting parts of myself die over and over and over again. And now I'm figuring out who is this person? And my experience in San Diego was a hugely informative and transformative time in my life because so much of me died then. And I'm still integrating the death of those parts of my being in this present moment. So the healing and the integration lingers and lives within me now as I tell this story. And the power of allowing myself to be someone new now, today, each and every day is 100% of the magic that I am living in this moment. And so sometimes it does feel like everything's falling apart or like everything has fallen apart. And also I can't help but like revel with, with gratitude and magic and appreciation for all that I am and all that I've allowed myself to become because this transformation process has been so life shattering and eye opening and it's moved really, really fast. And I am somebody who likes to go slow. I'm somebody who likes consistency. I am a very earthly baby angel in all that I am. And, and I move slow and the universe in these past 28 years of my life has been like, Ali, this, the transformations that you will undergo will be quick and they will change everything in the blink of an eye. Hello, my sweet angel loves, and welcome to Bad Witches Only. I am your host, Ali Schlenner, and I am so excited to share this time with you and to continue the Life Lessons series of BWO. Holy shit. For those of you who don't know me, I am a self-love and empowerment coach. I'm an energy healer, breathwork facilitator, and a 500-hour yoga teacher. And I am the queen of bad witches only. I am the original bad motherfucking witch. And if you don't know what that means, don't worry. (laughs) You will soon figure it out. Bad witchery is all about embodying all that you are and loving each and every part of yourself along every stage of your journey, no matter how fucking messy and uncomfortable it gets, you are safe to do that. So this life lesson series is a huge part of that because I am doing that for myself and I am sharing my story and I'm giving my experiences the space to breathe that they really deserve. And as I mentioned in the trailer of the season and some of the other episodes, I really feel like I have been dealt the cards that I have been so that we can all learn and grow from these experiences together. I don't feel in my heart, like they are meant for just me. I feel deeply inside of myself that I am meant to teach from this space and that we are all in this shit together because regardless of what the actual experiences are that I've been through and whether you have been through them as well, there are so many emotions and 
uh, and feelings that come up through these experiences that are just so fucking human. And I think we've all had moments like this in our life and we can relate to these experiences in one way or another. So it's such an honor and a gift to be able to share them with you in this way. So before we get started, let's just do a little pulse check. How the fuck are you? Let's take this moment for each and every one of us to tune into our bodies, tune into the inner landscape and whatever it is that's happening in our hearts, in our minds, and with our nervous system. Is your heart beating fast or slow? Do you have a lot of thoughts running through your mind in this moment? What is the rate of your breath? And what does it feel like to just take a sacred pause in this moment for these 45 seconds to just be here now and draw attention to what it is that's happening within you? to remind yourself that you are safe in this beautiful body of yours, that you are safe to slow your breath and calm your heart, that you are safe to put your thoughts on hold for as long as feels good to you so you can just be in this moment. Beautiful, taking a deep breath into the belly. Exhale, release through the mouth. Ah, sigh it out, baby. And so we begin. So this Life Lessons series episode is about the past year of my life. And so wild. I was talking to a friend the other day and she was like, I can't believe it's all been this year, like it's still 2022. It's November of 2022. And you look back to January and it feels like fucking five years ago. And when she was saying that, I was like, holy shit balls, you are so right, my dear. And on top of that, there's this crazy experience with time that we've all been having because that's connected to the pandemic. Because if you think about it, we have been in a time, quote unquote, standstill. It has felt like to so many of us for many years because our entire life shifted upside down at the beginning of 2020 um, with the, I think it was 2020. Was it 2019? No, it was 2020 um, with the pandemic. And how much has stayed the same for like two less than two years and then how much shifted so fast and like the concept as of time has been mind fucking the shit out of me and i'm sure i'm not the only one moving through that so as i reflect back on this year and the past few years it's like whoa what the actual fuck has been happening. And so uh, at the beginning of this year, at the beginning of 2022, I moved to California 
to San Diego and I had packed up all my shit about a year ago in December, a little less than, I mean, in November, a little less than a year ago, right after Thanksgiving, it was like Thanksgiving. And then the next day I drove my ass cross country from Boston to California. I was exploring the coast of Cal to decide where it was that I wanted to stay or settle. And I chose San Diego and it was earlier in 2021 for the first time I was in Brazil for a month, um, working at a retreat center there with one of my best friends and, um, just like creating so much fucking magic. And I received the intuitive message that I was going to be going to San Diego in, that I was going to be moving to San Diego in November. And I was like, okay, that's happening. So that was in May of 2021. Mind you, it had always been in the back of my mind that at some point I would be moving to California, that I would be moving to San Diego and growing roots there. I really, really felt like I would, I would do that at some point. And so ah, here she goes. And a little preface of this story is this is a story of like literally everything in life just falling apart. And choosing to stand back up. And I'll be honest with you all. In this moment here, when I tell this story, there are still so many days when I am brought to my knees and I ask myself, am I doing this right? Of course, there is no right. There is no right answer. And I still question myself and I question the way I do things. I question the way I run my life. I question the way I run my business because it doesn't make sense. Um, logically I, and I am a very, um, like rational person. I am a very smart person (laughs) and the logical part of my being is very present within me. So I can say, honestly, the way that I live my life doesn't make sense um, in that way. And also I've learned that there is so much magic in stepping into the unknown with complete confidence and complete trust within ourselves. And that is the part of me that makes decisions. That is how I live my life. That is how I make decisions. I live intuitively. I listen to my intuition. I listen to my highest self. And when I am making decisions, I do my best to get in touch with my highest self and ask her, what does that part of me guide me to do next? And so the past year of my life, I have been fully surrendered to living intuitively. And it's been such an interesting and beautiful journey. And I've learned so fucking much. And one thing I'm learning in this moment is like so much is kind of crumbling around me of who I thought I was and the way I thought I had to live my life because it's it's not like that anymore. I'm not very slowly I have grown into somebody who is completely different than who I was 10 years ago, who I was 5 years ago, and slowly but surely I've been 
letting parts of myself die over and over and over again. And now I'm figuring out who is this person? And my experience in San Diego was a hugely informative and transformative time in my life because so much of me died then. And I'm still integrating the death of those parts of my being in this present moment. So the healing and the integration lingers and lives within me now as I tell this story and the power of allowing myself to be someone new now, today, each and every day is 100% of the magic that I am living in this moment. And so sometimes it does feel like everything's falling apart or like everything has fall fallen apart. And also I can't help but like revel with, with gratitude and magic and appreciation for all that I am and all that I've allowed myself to become because this transformation process has been so life shattering and eye opening and it's moved really, really fast. And I am somebody who likes to go slow. I'm somebody who likes consistency. I am a very earthly baby angel. Um, in all that I am and and I move slow. And the universe in these past 28 years of my life has been like, Ali, this the transformations that you will undergo will be quick and they will change everything in the blink of an eye. So I'm noticing now in this moment the parts of me that want to hold on to who I've always been and letting go still over and over and over again every day is where my work is. It's coming back to the sense of trust that, yes, I am here. I am moving through this. I am feeling all of these things that are coming up within me for a reason. And I allow myself to let go of the parts of me that are holding me back from fully trusting all that I am and from fully trusting this whole process. And I speak about intuitive living often and I feel I don't always, it or it's really hard to fully express the depths of emotion and the full experience when it's just a snippet online, when it's just a reel, when I, when I have 30 seconds or seven seconds or three seconds to grab somebody's attention and it's not the full story. Um, and it can look on the outside often like it's just fucking butterflies, like everything is butterflies and everything is beautiful. And the reality is this work of mindfulness and intuitive living and trusting our highest self and doing this, the spiritual self-development work behind the scenes is all about cozying up with fear. It's all about letting yourself die each and every day and allowing yourself to be reborn as the version of yourself that you know is in union with your highest self. And that process is dark and scary and unfamiliar. And that is what it looks like when you are so scared and you choose to do it anyway. And it can feel like everything cracks open. 
I'm reading the book at the moment, When Things Fall Apart. And it's just, I'm at the very beginning at the moment. And and I feel, I was feeling called to this book because it does feel often like my entire world is fucking shattering and like everything that I once knew to be true isn't true for me anymore. And that's what happens when you change. That's what happens when transformation finds you and it's uncomfortable. And that doesn't mean it's not worth it. And it doesn't mean it's not beautiful. And it doesn't mean that there aren't moments that are so magical and that you are so grateful for because it's in those moments of hardship when we are brought to our knees where we can understand the extremes of life, when we can sit with pain and sorrow and look it in the eye and say, this brings me back to gratitude for every moment of bliss. In those moments of pain and sorrow, they bring us closer to the extremes of bliss as well. And they remind us that we are safe to live fully. That if we get through this shit, then we can get through anything. And it brings us to a whole new level of trust for ourselves. And that is what happened to me in San Diego. And so in this year has been the biggest example in my life of living in the extremes. And what I'd like to offer in this moment is no matter what it is that we're navigating in terms of feelings and emotions and whether it's intense gratitude or intense sorrow or whether we are deeply suffering or whether we are so excited about life and just reveling in the beauty. The most important thing that we have to do in all of these moments is care for our nervous system. Because as we move through the intense suffering, it can feel like everything is like breaking down inside of our bodies. And we have to learn how to breathe. We have to learn how to be present with our bodies and move at the rhythm and the pace that supports our body's healing. That is the most important thing. And that doesn't always make sense to do. You know, I am, I am a business owner. I do everything in my business at this moment by myself. It's not going to stay that way because it can't stay that way. And that's not a brag. That's more of a, um, just a statement of, I feel like there can be so much pressure for me to show up in each and every way and space because I'm at a stage in my business where I'm growing and the amount of projects that I have and the things that are on my plate. And also my healing is non-negotiable to the success of my business. So I, there has to be space for both. And I have to trust that things will work out financially. I have to trust that when I take care of myself, everybody wins. And as somebody who has absolutely no problem, like putting in the work in my business, 
and somebody who has been taught that martyrship brings acceptance, brings love. Um, it can be a journey for me to remember that I am worthy of being cared for as well and prioritizing myself and my healing. This isn't something I was taught. This is something I taught myself. <sighs> and so, yeah, the nervous system, my loves, whether we are in extreme highs or extreme lows and whatever it may be that we are moving through in this moment, or maybe we're closer to like the mundane, the routine where things feel boring and not alive, regardless of what it is. There are feelings and emotions that arise within us based on what we need to heal in the present moment. And we have to trust that we can hold ourselves through whatever emotions arise within us. And we have to learn how to do that by catering to our nervous system. I cannot stress enough the importance of regulating our, our nervous system and tapping into our parasympathetic nervous system as often as we can, because we are taught to run in sympathetic nervous system overdrive. And what that does is it keeps you in the energy of fear over and over and over and over again. It conditions you to live your life based in fear. Because when we are in the sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight, we are constantly navigating from the ego. And this is a download I shared on my last podcast as well, but I received the message from God, spirit, source, my intuition. As I've been studying, so this might sound strange to some of you. I totally acknowledge this. I have been studying the body, the subconscious mind, the nervous system, the highest self, and how the nervous system connects to the subconscious and the highest self. And what, and I have been studying this through meditation and through breath work and through my connection to channeling spirit through me, through my physical vessel, and which is my body. And so I asked the universe what this connection was and the message I received was when we are in our parasympathetic nervous system, rest and digest, which is also um, like create and reproduce, we are automatically connected to our intuition and our highest self. And when our sympathetic nervous system is triggered, our fight or flight response is triggered we are brought back to our egoic response because both our ego and our highest self, and I'll say the ego is also deeply connected to the subconscious, live inside the cells of the body. And our nervous system can switch between one or the other very quickly. And just by being triggered, just like in the snap of a finger, the fingers. And so when we switch into fight or flight, we automatically come back into a state of fear. And that, obviously, when we're navigating from a fear-based energy, we are not going to be able to be in touch with what our intuition is sharing with us in the moment. And that is um, 
like the most, one of the most important pieces of information I have received in this entire year. I know the nervous system is important, obviously, but when we're living our lives based in fear, as opposed to love, and that is inherently intertwined with our nervous system and the cells of our being, our entire lives change. Um, We make decisions from a place of love versus fear. And those decisions, each and every decision in each and every present moment has the capacity to change our entire lives. So it's non-negotiable for us to develop a relationship with our bodies and our nervous system that supports us coming back to love and being in divine union with our highest self. And this experience that I moved through in San Diego or these series of experiences taught me that I can navigate hardships in life and regulate my nervous system all at once and that I don't have to put my healing on hold in order to continue living my life. Like I had to move through this stuff in real time. And you, and in the past, when I had experienced traumas, I just put it aside. I picked up my trauma and I said, I put it in a box inside of my sacral. And I said, I'm not dealing with you right now. I don't have the time or the energy to deal with you right now or all the fucking emotions that come up from feeling this trauma in this moment. And you know what happens when we store shit in our body? It creates little energy blockages inside of us. And the longer they are there, the more accustomed we get to navigating life with these blockages inside of us. And we are reprogramming ourselves based on this new space of orientation. As And what I mean is like it becomes our new norm to navigate in the world based on having these traumas. And each and every day we teach ourselves that this trauma is now a part of us and it influences every decision that we make because it takes up space in our physical bodies. And that is fucking intense. That's fucking intense and it's fucking powerful. And we need to normalize experiencing pain and trauma and creating the fucking space in our lives to be able to see it in that moment and say, I deserve to heal this now. This does not need to go in a box inside of me for fucking 50 years of my life and influence the way that I show up in the world and therefore influence the energy of, say, for example, if you are a mother and influence the child's energy that is growing within me. Because when we are pregnant, if you have a uterus, I'm speaking to people with uterus, or if um, this is also relevant, if you have, if you don't have a uterus, if you have a penis and you um, like offer your semen to somebody with a uterus and you impregnate that person, because the energy that creates a being inside of you will hold the energy that you had in your body in that moment. So we pass down 
energetically traumas and unhealed wounds. This could be big T or little t trauma. Big T trauma is something like an assault or neglect or um, something that is defined as trauma psychologically. Little t trauma could be the way that somebody treats us in a certain moment. Say, for example, I'll share this example that I relate to. When I was in second grade, I remember there was somebody in my class who called me fat, but I remember exactly what he said and how he said it. And I was talking about my aunt's dog and I was like, oh, my aunt's dog is, 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 is fat. And then he turned around, he said fatter than you. And for some reason, what he said and the way he said it and the way he looked at me it was it it has stuck with me for so many years and it's something i like worked through in therapy but it affected my body image and that is a little t trauma um so moving on big t little t trauma energetic blockages in our bodies in our energy bodies and that can be passed down to whatever it is that we're creating so I am so proud of people in the world in this moment for having the courage to heal the things that exist within them that have been there for long periods of time, number one, and for having the courage in the present moment to heal whatever it is that comes up along the way. And when I was in San Diego, I... And I think running a business has a is hugely related to this as well because I had to heal my shit in order to be able to show up in business. And so it really forced me to look in the fucking mirror and be like, I have to get through this, which means I have to look at this, which means I have to feel this, which means I have to move this. And I have to regulate my nervous system at the same time and learn how to be with these parts of myself that are extremely activated in this moment in a way that allows me to be in my body still. Because something that's extremely common when we move through traumas is that our souls literally leave our bodies in order to protect us. And that's something I've talked about a lot on this podcast as well in the first season. But when I moved through, and maybe I did in this season as well, but I've noticed within myself that there's like this disassociation between my body and my soul when I feel so much. It's like if I I feel so much and then all of a sudden I shut down and when I shut down and when those walls come up, my soul leaves my body. And it happens at strange times, but almost always when I'm triggered, almost always if I'm having like a confrontation with um, a loved one and I don't feel safe and I don't feel accepted and I don't feel like I have the voice to speak up. It happened in the emotionally abusive relationships that I was in where I felt like I'm not safe. I'm not safe. It's this it's this response of my mind that tells me I'm not safe in my body in this moment. So I have to leave. And like my sensitive, angelic soul 
flies the fuck away. It's like, no, we can't be here right now because a part of me will break. And uh, yeah, so just acknowledging when I was moving through this shit in San Diego, like I need to find a way for my soul to stay here because the work that I do and the service that I do and that what I'm here, like why I am on this earth in order for me to show up in this way, I need my soul. I need my soul. I need my connection to my intuition because that's what I do. I do energy healing. I do coaching. And when I coach, I channel. And it's so like at this point in my life that my soul essence is so integrated into my body that I can exist without that the way I once used to be able to do. You know, when I was in high school and college, it was really easy for me to disassociate and be like, oh, it's fine because I was in this routine of habit and I did everything without intention. I did everything because I thought it was normal. And now I don't operate like that anymore. So it's a lot harder for me to exist without that connection, that union with my soul. So I had to learn how to move through trauma and suffering and keep my soul present. And that was fucking hard work. So let's get into storytelling. I've been teaching a lot, haven't I? I love this though. I love podcasting so much. I really, really do. And to be honest with you all, I, um, I'm on day one of my period. And when I have my period, I am especially sensitive and I am especially intuitive and I am especially uh, like embodied in my soul essence. And also my logical mind is here, but she's like kind of on vacation as well. She's here, she's chilling, but my intuitive space takes up more space and my intuition is what leads the the show when I, I am on my period so I love podcasting in this moment because I'm just so deeply surrendered with you guys in this space like I'm just here chilling and whatever is meant to come out and come through will come out and come through and I can trust that especially right now even with the attention and like the little crampiness that I have in my sacral it's so beautiful to feel the way my body feels in this moment when I speak from this place and to acknowledge the flow of energy that I move through in an entire cycle of 28 days. My body is so magical and powerful and constantly changing like the tides of the ocean. And there's nothing more beautiful than that to me. So Thank you for listening and being present and taking whatever comes out and comes through in this podcast, even with the nuggets that may be quote unquote off topic, but that are so fucking important for us all to get in touch with. Um, So in San Diego, it was a huge death and rebirth in three different ways. So to get into this, we need a little bit of a basis of understanding of the chakra system. So we have the top three chakras, which are more connected to spirit and spirituality. They are 
less dense energetically. The particles tend to move a little bit faster in these areas with the lightest being the crown chakra, which is about three, um, like three to six inches above the tippity top of your head. Then we have the third eye, which is the space like between your eyebrows, maybe a little bit higher, um, depending on your own energy. I find mine to be a little bit higher, but the way I've learned about it is that it's a little bit lower, but I honor what feels true for my body. And then we have the throat chakra, which is in um, the area of the throat and on the back of the neck as well. It goes through the back sides of all the chakras as well. So these are the quote unquote lighter, more spiritual chakras. And then we have the heart, which is the bridge between heaven and earth, literally, uh, energetically. It is the middle chakra and it connects the ethereal spiritual realm with the physical um, physical earthly realm. And then the lower three chakras, we have the solar plexus, which is right below our breastuses and um, around our rib cage in the middle. We have our sacral, which is right below our belly button. And we have the root, which is um, in between our hips, a little lower and like our perineum area. And uh, yeah, and that are the lower three chakras are connected to the earth and the physical realm if we group these into three different areas. And so this experience in San Diego, the first one was a death and rebirth of the spiritual. It was when I moved into a haunted house and I was like psychically attacked Um by the energies and entities in that house. The second experience in San Diego was a death and rebirth of my heart when I found a dead body on my front porch of a woman who was about my age um, who had overdosed. And the third experience was a death and rebirth in the physical realm when I when my health was compromised as I had black mold toxicity and I had to throw away all of my material possessions. And the material world is also ruled by the lower three chakras in the physical realm. All the like all of the things in this earth, the material, the body, the, um, our relationship to money and yeah, that's all in the physical realm. So each of these felt very coincidentally connected to my energy body. And by the end it was like, okay, Allie entirely has been like died. Allie entirely is gone and has been reborn in one way or another. Alrighty, my loves, and I will briefly interrupt this episode to let you know about an in-person motherfucking event that I will be hosting in Massachusetts for all my babies from Mass. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so much fun. It's called Self Love Club, and I just can't fucking wait to squeeze you all, share this magic with you in person, and it will be on the Sunday after. Thanksgiving at 4 p.m. in Hudson, Mass. I will leave the link to register below. It's 
so fucking magical to do this work in person and if you have never been to one of my in-person events i highly recommend carving out the time to be there because there is a certain energy transmission that happens when we are together in physical space that has the potential to shift so much and i know this is the work that i am meant to do and to bring this into the physical is so fucking powerful because i'm just a big earthy baby so to do this stuff in person is so magical all right so i hope to see you there the link will be in the show notes i love you love you love you and let's get back to the show so Ah, the first experience, and I shared a lot of this in real time on social media. And also I I noticed that when I shared this reel the other day, people were like, I had literally no idea that you went through this stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I was planning on doing a podcast about this anyway. So I decided to move it up to this week. And eventually I'll talk about my near-death experience and um, moving through that and some other things as well the launch of the sex and money program and like what has been moving through me because holy shit, that's like a whole other story Uh, in terms of healing my relationship with sexuality, which seems to be the theme of the past few months. But anywho, this, all of these experiences in San Diego, as you can imagine, were fucking wild. First things first, as I mentioned, I get the intuitive download when I'm in Brazil. You, Queen, you are moving to San Diego. Get excited. And I'm like, okay, we're going to San Diego in November. And I received in November. And I was like, all right, cool. And my experience in Brazil was super spiritual. Like I was very connected to my highest self while I was there. I was teaching Reiki. Um, I taught so much Reiki when I was there. I taught like three levels. Um and my Reiki trainings are very, very in-depth because it I find it to be very important um, to hold people's hand through this because you're, my entire fucking life changed when I went through my Reiki training and I started like having a psychic awakening and then I thought I was going crazy and like, holy shit. So anywho, very, very spiritual time in Brazil. I was very connected to my highest self. Received this message loud and clear. You're going to San Diego in November. Okay, amazing. Um. And then I went to Turkey in October of that year for a month. And I began my time in Turkey with five days of silence, which ended up turning into seven days of silence. And that time in silence, oh, I should totally do a life lesson series on that time in silence because that was so powerful. Um, That time in silence changed my fucking life uh, majorly. And one of the downloads that I got during that time was you're going to move, you're packing up all your shit and moving to San Diego. You're driving cross country when you get home. Like I made the decision to do that or spirit guided me to make that decision when I was in silence. So I had this plan organized. And by the time I got home, everything was like being mobilized because I'm the type of person when I make a fucking decision, I make a decision and I do it. Um, I don't, I am not somebody who is all talk, no action. I like when I say something, I am good for my fucking word. Um, or at least I tried to try to be. That's something that's really important to me. As long as it doesn't compromise my own well-being. And that's something I'm learning in business is sometimes I would like 
prioritize my word over my own well-being and that's not okay. Um, so my well-being comes first. So as long as my word is in alignment with that, we are all good. And if not, I communicate in a way that um, honors the love within me and the love within the other people on the receiving end of that change of words. So I got back home, um, packed up my shit, drove cross country the day after Thanksgiving, had like six or seven days in the car. It was really magical. Stopped in Sedona, stopped in Santa Fe, fell in love with Oklahoma City, totally fucking randomly. And I had an amazing cross-country trip. And then I got to Sandy to California. I was exploring, all beautiful, all good. And it ends up being, uh, I, I go home for the holidays. I come back the beginning of January. I move in to my apartment January 4th first and I was subletting two blocks from the beach in my fucking dream apartment little cottage and there it was haunted it was haunted as fuck and I don't want to go deeply into this because there are energetic ties that feel unsafe when I talk fully about the situation but I will say um that literally like I I don't talk about it anymore because I don't want to reopen that energy portal uh, because it was absolutely fucking terrifying. And I was literally scared for my life. Um, and there was one time when I was in the bath and I thought I was being drowned. Um, I was having like panic attacks and I was seeing visions of things that had happened in that house. And I was seeing... Um, yeah, there was like this one vision that is really vivid within me of just lots of abuse against women. And I would like roll over in my bed and I would see these things happening when I would open my eyes really fast or like see them in my mind's eye. And I was like, what the fuck? But it was literally constant and it was debilitating. Like my anxiety was debilitating. And I, as you guys know, I do energy healing and I'm also, I don't talk about this as often, but I'm also a psychic medium and I connect with the angels um, very, very strongly and often, uh, almost every single day. Well, actually not almost every single day I talk to the angels. If I am not speaking out loud or sometimes if I'm not speaking to anybody or connecting with others, I'm usually like in communication with the angels. And I, uh, yeah, so it was really hard for me to be in that house because I could also, I had a psychic awakening the fucking year before, two years before. And I can now see all of these things. So I was like, holy fuck, what the fuck is happening? But what ended up happening was I had to leave that house, obviously. But I had just brought all my shit across country and in my car, and I had unloaded it in the house. I had uh, bought new things for the house because I was so excited to live there. And then when all this stuff started happening, I just got the message that I had to get the fuck out. Um I had to get the fuck out because it was like I was literally being taken over by these energies and um, I was being threatened by them as well. And I could physically feel them 
And when I almost drowned in the bathtub, I was like, I need to leave. So I started staying at a hotel, but I also got the message from the angels that I couldn't have this conversation with the landlord about what was happening until I removed all energy ties. So I knew I had to get all of my shit out of there before I said anything and I didn't have anywhere to go. So I ended up looking for apartments to sign a lease and um, didn't find anything, didn't find anything, didn't find anything, was staying at hotels, was feeling really like financially overwhelmed because I was paying to live in two places at once in San Diego paying for all my meals because I didn't have anywhere to cook. Um, And it just got to be a lot. So I ended up booking an Airbnb about a week and a half after looking for apartments and not having any luck and not staying in this anymore and staying in that apartment anymore. And I, so I booked an Airbnb at a co-living. I was like, this is amazing. Perfect. Um, And it was my first night there. I still had my stuff at the Airbnb at the, um, the haunted house where I was going to go back the next day and remove all my stuff um, and call my landlord. But the night before I just went to sleep at this Airbnb because I was so excited to have a kitchen. So I dropped my suitcase off there, went to Trader Joe's and got all these groceries so that I could cook in the kitchen. And it was a co-living space. And It was the first weekend the Airbnb was open, um, the first night, and there were 13 of us staying there. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. We're going to have so much fun. It's such a cool little co-living space and magical. And I got home with the groceries, and that was when I found the woman who had passed away on the front porch. And mind you, I had just booked that place for three weeks. So after being like at one place and then the next every day and booking somewhere every afternoon, um, and holy shit, this is a whole other uh, thing that I forgot about. The day before uh, I booked this Airbnb for three weeks, a friend of mine offered for me to stay at her house on the couch. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And I agreed. And then she shared with me that um, one of her roommates was struggling with addiction and um, she had to like use Narcan with him uh, a few weeks before. And she's been really worried about his struggles with addiction. And I was like, oh, my God, Um, I, I don't think I can stay here because I am really, really like sensitive and that scares the shit out of me. And I just need peace in this moment after what I've been going through with the, with my body and the haunted house. So I said, um, no, but I obviously wished her and her roommate like so much love. And, and then I moved into this place and I found somebody who had overdosed, um, on the front porch. And it was like I was walking up the stairs to the porch with my two bags of groceries and I saw her and I saw her body. But what I saw, which like freaked me out, obviously, was I saw a purple 
soul or energy um, floating above her. And just floating above her. It was like three or four feet above her. And um, I knew she was dead. Like from the second I saw her. And I was like, oh my God, um, what do I do? You know, that was my first time seeing a dead body. And she was like face down on the chair outside. One of the other chairs had been knocked over. And as I mentioned, there were 13 people staying in the house. Um, I tried to flip her over, but she was like purple and not only her soul was purple, but like her skin was purple and her lips were purple and she was really cold. And I knew she was dead because I saw her soul that had left her body and um, was like waiting for her to be found. And uh, I ran inside and was screaming for help and knocking on doors. And I had 911 on the phone at the same time. And 911 just kept telling me to breathe and go back to her. And um, yeah, to breathe and go back to her. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't do it. And I ran outside and I was screaming and asking for help. And 911 was like, ma'am, you're the only one there. We need you to please return to the body. And I was like, I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I just felt in that moment, like, I can't do this. I kept saying, I can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. And somebody came outside um, from the co-living whose room he was taking a nap and his room was like his window joined the porch. And so he came outside and helped with the situation. Um, thank goodness. And he helped and I like kind of threw my phone at him and I was like, I need help. I really need help. And I was just bawling and screaming and I like paralyzed. Um, and so I flipped over or he helped me. We flipped her over, but I had a really hard time um, touching her. And I was so like afraid that because I couldn't do any of the things that I had killed her or that I was the reason why she would die. And there was a lot of self-judgment in my mind about that. Um, and when he came, I was so grateful, but it had been a few minutes. Um, and it's really strange as well, like who this person was, because he's like the exact replica of the second emotionally abusive relationship I was in an exact replica of that man um in so many ways like mannerisms appearance um the way that he spoke 
the way that he laughed, the way that he carried himself, the jokes that he told, the way that he bypassed certain emotions, the way that he made me feel, the way that he reacted um, to so many things. And after this was how we met, he and I did not know each other except from this experience. And um, I'm not saying that he's, he's like somebody who's emotionally abusive in relationships. I don't know that side of him. Um, and I don't believe it's just one person that creates the emotionally abusive relationship. I think it's a dynamic of two. Uh, it's me and that other person and where we meet in between. And it's not just the other person. Um, it's not how that works and the way I believe it to be, but go back and listen to the other episode if that feels resonant for you. But it was just so interesting that the universe had sent me this person to find a fucking dead body with and to flip the dead body over and to like do uh, try to do CPR, but he thankfully had experience with this and he was like, there's no point in us for trying to do this because she's already gone. She's been gone. Like there's this, we're not doing this. And I was like, Oh, thank the fucking Lord. Um, not like thank the Lord that she's gone, but thank the Lord that like, we're not just resuscitating a dead body for no reason. And thank God that he knows these things so that, so that I'm not here, like trying to do CPR on somebody who's just fully gone because that was like the next level of fucking trauma, obviously. Um, so anywho, that happened. I was fucking screaming and crying and I walked inside after the, uh, ER people got there and I just like sat on the floor right outside of the door and I just cried and cried and cried and cried. And he like, uh, held me. Um, yeah, it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. This woman was young. She was my age and it like tore my heart out of my body. Um, and processing that was fucking horrible. Walking into the house every day for the next month was fucking horrible. Then I walked in past the porch, you know, and like I would walk into the kitchen and I would just think about having that conversation with the EMT guys and how they were like laughing at her for another fucking addict and like the way that they dehumanized her as I just like couldn't stop thinking about her parents. And like I talked about how I got a DUI like that could have been me. That could have been anybody. Addiction is a disease and addiction affects so many people. And there are so many amazing, sensitive, beautiful souls who don't know like anything besides addiction. And it's oftentimes like the sensitive baby angels who do experience addiction because this world is so much. It's not easy being human. It's so not easy being human and to have so much judgment and so little like humanization for just a beautiful soul who had a disease. It was like, it was so fucked up and it just, and I don't know why um, this 
woman called me to be the one to be there to find her. But like, I have no fucking doubt that it happened for a reason. And I have no doubt that she called me for a reason because, because I really loved her. I didn't know her. Obviously I didn't know her before, but like, I, I did love her so much. And it made me really sad the way that uh, she was being talked about and treated. And I felt like uh, the only one who gave much of a shit. But I think that maybe she called me um, to find her because she needed somebody to care uh, about her. So... Um, and also, like, this isn't the first time I've walked somebody to the other side. Uh, and, uh, like, helped a soul cross over. So, yeah, so I did that for her, too. And uh, it was just a lot of, like, trying to process uh seeing her and uh moving through that and trying to be in touch with my own emotions while everybody else was processing in a very different way that felt not healthy to me even though I do have a very dark sense of humor as you guys have noticed on this podcast and life like I just do. I just am a dark humor kind of girl, but like, I I don't make jokes about that type of stuff because she's a human being who lost her life, um, who has family who loved her very much, and like a random stranger, me, who also loved her very much. And this woman I'll never know, but she's changed my fucking life, um, and I love her. Uh, and, and I say, I feel like she called me because what are the fucking chances that it's the first weekend, their B&B is open, her room was across from mine, we're the only ones upstairs, um, and out of the 13 people there, I was the one that found her. And her soul was just, like, so sweet. It was so sensitive. Because I saw, all I saw of her was her soul. Sorry, guys, I'm having a moment. But, like, all I saw of her was her, her soul. And it was so pure and so beautiful. And her boyfriend was upstairs in the room. While all of this happened. <sighs> and something about that, like, I don't know, it fucked me up a little. It fucked my heart up a little bit to know that he was there when that happened. <laughs> and I was running and yelling inside of the house for somebody. 
and uh, who am I to judge him? And I don't say it from a point of judgment, but I say it also, like I say it from a point of, holy shit, my heart breaks. Um, to think about like when he would be sober and be okay to, to have this uh, fucking realization that his girlfriend died and he was there uh and he didn't do anything or couldn't do anything i don't know but just from a very like human perspective holy fuck that's heartbreaking um so moving through that as you guys can imagine was really hard for me um the next few weeks were like fucking horrible and I got COVID um, that night because we were all just hanging out, crying. I was crying for so long. Uh, I was crying for so long. And then Airbnb sends me on a fucking date with the guy that I found her with. And um, so holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Airbnb paid for us to go out to dinner. So sends us on a date. And I was like, holy shit, this guy is my ex-boyfriend and I feel really uncomfortable. This is miserable. Universe, why is this happening? Um, And then he continued to just like violate my boundaries over and over and over again. And I had to assert myself very many times. And there was one time at a... a dinner. We had a lot of like family dinners where he was being a complete dickhead and belittling me and other people. And I stood up from the table and I said, I will not stay in situations where I am continuously treated like dirt. So I will remove myself. And yeah, we have a little music happening over here. So I stood up from the table and I said, I will not stay in situations where I am treated in this way. So I'm going to go upstairs and rest, but I wish everybody a beautiful evening in, I hope that you are less of a dickhead tomorrow. And and then I went upstairs uh, somebody came and knocked on my door and they were like, whoa, I've never expected that to come out of your mouth. And I was like, it's important. Um, to not stay in situations that make you feel like shit, period. Game over. I don't care how nice people think I am. That that was me being nice to me. I'm not staying here. So anywho, that was a, a whole teaching in itself. It like taught me how to teach, how to set these boundaries with this person who was different than the other person that I had never set in the first place. So I was really, really present with that as well, that learning And then I realized my body needed a lot of love as I was moving through this trauma of finding this woman. And I started like working out a lot and that felt really good for my body. And yeah, like I really, really needed that. Honestly, I need that now. And I've known that for a while and um, it can be hard for me to like get moving sometimes but I know that when I move through trauma, my it's stored in my body. I am an earthly baby angel. There's so much earth inside of me. I am just like 
Pachamama. I'm, I'm, uh, I am just, I am just fucking like earth. So there's nothing else inside of me. This podcast has already been really long, hasn't it? Okay. So then I move into, um, I get accepted for an apartment by the grace of God somehow, uh, at, in San Diego. I signed a lease for a year. I'm like, this is so exciting. I'm still at the Airbnb at this point. And I am just excited to move on to the next chapter of my journey. I end up extending my time with Airbnb to a month and then get accepted to this uh, apartment, move my shit out into the apartment. I'm so excited. Start furnishing the apartment. Um, My sister offers me all of these things from Santa Barbara. I drive to Santa Barbara. We drive the U-Haul back and... I um, take a train to Santa Barbara. We drive a U-Haul back. She gives me a bed. She gives me all these things. I order like desk and couch and chairs and all these things. And I'm literally like I'm furnishing a fucking apartment. And then um, spend literally all the money I have and more um, and more and like way more. (laughs) And um, I'm going to have to edit out all of these clips of me just blowing my nose like a crazy person on this podcast. It's really good. Really good for the sound quality. Um, Besides all the motos and things that are fucking passing by at all seconds. Okay. So we do that. And then about two weeks later, three weeks later, two and a half weeks later, I have been working from home at this point and I obviously go to the grocery store, get all my spices. I love to cook. If you don't know this about me, I fucking love to cook. So I go to Trader Joe's, get all the necessities. I get all these plants. I get like all of the um, the herbs and stuff from my kitchen garden. And I'm so excited, which is funny because I have a really hard time keeping plants alive. But I noticed that it was a lot harder for me to keep plants alive than I had imagined. Um, so I was like, what the hell's going on? Why are my plants dying? after two days. And then I realized after being really fucking sick, I was just like standing in my closet, looking at my hands. It had been like four hours had passed. And I was like, I was just looking for something to wear, but I can't think. And it was many days of me not being able to think. And then I noticed I wasn't really sleeping and I had um, all of this water retention. Like I was just a big puffy angel. And I had been going to the gym, as you guys know, trying to work through the fucking trauma of finding angel baby dead. And um, I was like, what is going on with my body? Why do I feel like this? And I was having the worst brain fog ever. And I was having a hard time working with clients and doing energy healing. And I was having a hard time with my coach. And I felt like I was going crazy, which I was. And then I lost my vision at one point when I was driving and I was like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? So I ended up um, meeting up with a friend who coincidentally had experienced black mold poisoning in the past. And she was like, Allie, this sounds like black mold. You have to go to the hospital. And I was like, okay. So I went to the hospital and they were like, yeah, there's definitely some sort of environmental toxin Um in your house and you're really, really sensitive because you've only been there for two weeks. And I was like, yeah, the moral of my entire life story is that I'm really sensitive. I get it. Thank you. In all the ways I could not be more sensitive. (laughs) It's funny because I'm like, uh, I used to pride myself and not getting super emotionally attached to guys when I would fuck around and find out. 
and um or like have any type of situationship I don't mean fuck around and find out it was just on the forefront of my mind but like I used to pride myself on being not not giving a shit not getting emotionally attached and the guys would be like oh my god I'm so in love with you and I'd be like that's weird cool I'm cool I'm cool but like you're annoying and um not always but now I mean I haven't had a situation ship in a long time um <laughs> I've been doing me over here guys it's been been a, been a good time um and I'm open to receiving universe something that feels really expansive to my mind body and soul so whatever that is and whatever the timing is I totally accept that I love that time doesn't exist anyway so no big deal so anywho um I used to pride myself in not getting like attached in that way and also I feel like the moral of my life story is I am a sensitive fucking baby so doctor is like you're really sensitive um you really shouldn't have anything that was in that apartment close to you and to figure it out you have to do like five days of not being at the apartment and see how you feel I was like, okay, we'll see. So I did five days of not being at the apartment. I was staying in hotels again. And um, so literally like staying in two places at once the entire time I was in San Diego. Staying at hotels again, um, trying to balance my body and the inflammation went down. And I was like, okay, good. And I was sleeping again. Um, my vision was okay and my brain fog was still there, but it was better. So and I wasn't just like standing in front of my, it was literally like my, my hands were just pooled with water and my feet and like my knees and my joints were all fucked up. And I was standing in my closet, staring at my hands. And I was just like, how did this happen? And, but I was there for fucking four hours and I didn't realize it had been four hours. And then I called my mom and I was like, I think there's something wrong with me, but Anywho, um, I figured out I had to leave that apartment. I had to get rid of everything I owned um, in order to keep my body okay and safe. And uh, it was a lot. And there were like five months of healing my brain. And my gut is still healing. Because when you're exposed to black mold poisoning, it kills you slowly from your brain and attacks your immune system. And it puts your entire body into fight or flight, um, which is why you have uh, like all of the energy in your body rushes to your hands and your, well, your extremities because you're trying to fight a tiger that doesn't exist. And um, the tiger is the black mold. So yes, it was really horrible um, in so many ways. I had to throw away everything I owned. I lost like $15,000 um, on life in San Diego. Well, in San Diego, I lost more than $15,000. But like, yeah, there was a there was a lot. And that was um, me also letting go of all material objects. Like everything just had to go in the trash. It wasn't even recycling you know, I couldn't upcycle and I couldn't recycle any of the clothes that I had. I couldn't donate them. They all had to go in the trash. I ended up selling my car um, to pay off my credit card debt. And it was a dark time. It was like the death of my body. And I 
I still feel it sometimes because I don't have all my clothes <laughs> and I really like to feel good and goddessly and, and cute and angelic. And I had all these amazing clothes that I had accumulated from seven years of travel. And I had skirts from little beach towns here and I had dresses from little beach towns here and I had bathing suits from that one trip in Miami or whatever it may be. Like I had so many items of clothing, especially that just made me feel like so much of who I was. So after that, it was like this huge identity crisis of I don't know who the fuck I am. I don't know where I fit in. I don't know how to be me. I don't know what me is because every part of me had died during that experience. And I was just like in shambles. Um, just fucking in shambles, as you can imagine. And I talked about this very openly as I was moving through it. I was just like, I don't know what's happening. Um, and also I was okay. Like I had to learn how to regulate my fucking nervous system and keep showing up for myself. And podcasting was one of the best things I've ever done for myself. Um, podcasting has been so beautiful and so expansive and it's given me a space to speak to so many people. And, and like, we almost have a thousand downloads, you guys, like what the fuck I've reached there like over 3000, um, plays or whatever, like people are people listen to this shit and I'm like oh, okay cool whatever no big deal but it's really amazing how many people I've reached and how many pe lives I've changed through just sharing my story and every fucking day and when people question what I'm doing which does happen sometimes but like when that happens my only response is every single fucking day I get I get messages about how my story has inspired somebody and or how I've made somebody feel less alone or saying thank you for being you and doing this work and talking about these things. This is why I show up. This is why I do what I do. This is why I am who I am. This is why I'm so fucking transparent about my experiences because when we just talk about things and when we speak from the heart and when we take off the fucking mask of I'm perfect all the fucking time. And we just allow ourselves to be human. We cultivate a space of self-love for ourselves, which inspires other people to do the fucking same. And that's what I'm here to do in this earth. I'm here to teach people about the love that exists within them. And that means I have to allow myself to find that within myself. And when I have these rock bottom moments or experiences, I still choose to love myself. And it's, sometimes it takes everything within me. And sometimes it takes a fucking year to get back to that place. And sometimes it takes X amount of time. Sometimes it takes eight years. I don't know. Sometimes it takes time. I am still healing from my sexual assault. I say that like, it, it, that's a matter of fact. I'm still healing from that. There are parts of me that feel like I need to protect myself. And because of that experience and that that's healing. And like with this experience in San Diego, it's slightly different because I've allowed myself to go there in real time. And also it's something that happens every single day. And I'm so, this experience has changed my life because it taught me so fucking much. It taught me so fucking much. I mean, the the rebirth and the redeath of the spiritual, the heart and the, um, the earth, I think was the most relevant because it was literally a cleaning of my entire energy body. That's what trauma does. It resets you and your entire fucking energy body in whatever space that you experience that. And for me, I experienced it in all three levels. And that changed my life. Um, 
Yeah. And also it taught me non-attachment to things before I came to Mexico and bought land. This land that I quote unquote own, I will never own. It will never be mine because number one, nothing that we own is ever ours. And that was shown to me very clearly in San Diego. And also like this is a huge risk. And I also wouldn't be in Mexico if I didn't move through what I went through in San Diego. I wouldn't be in Puerto. I wouldn't be here again. And I am. And this is where I'm meant to be, at least in this moment. At least in this moment. And I don't know about the future. I can just know about right now. But yeah. And it brought like deep awareness surrounding just our attachment to things. And it made me feel a little safer to take a risk of buying land because I'm in Mexico. Like everything, when you buy land here, it is a risk. It is Um, for many reasons. And I'm okay with that because I realize that everything is a fucking risk. I could die tomorrow. I could die tomorrow. And um, and this is my life. Like the universe has brought me these experiences for a reason. And I know that. And I know a part of that reason is to talk to you guys about it. To be honest and open about what I've been moving through and how I've been moving through and how it continues to integrate within me and how I continue to need to show up for myself with love so that I can feel more whole in the truest way for me because who I was at the beginning of this year is not who I am now. And every day I find bits and pieces of myself that exist within me that are ready to shine for the first time. And I find the courage within myself to choose love, even when it's hard. And this experience has taught me how to trust in a whole new fucking way. It's taught me how to be present with myself in a whole new fucking way. It's taught me how to trust my intuition in a whole new way. When it came to the black mold shit, I didn't um, have any proof that it was black mold. I had no proof. I just knew within me and I trusted that I had to get the fuck out. And I risked not getting um, any of my like money back, and I didn't because I trusted my intuition, but I saved my body, I saved my body. And that's was the most important thing. Um, when you're in an environment that's slowly killing you from the inside out, like you have to ask yourself, what's important in this moment and how can I prioritize that? Because – Money is, money does grow on trees, baby. Money is money. I am safe to make money. I will make money. I have like six planets in Capricorn. Eight, I think I have eight placements in Capricorn, six planets in Capricorn. I will make money. Um, I am making money. Money is just money. My body is my, my body is my sacred fucking temple. That is what's important. That's what makes me my money. My relationship to my intuition and my relationship to my body is what makes me money. My intuition flows through my body. I need my body and I need my body to be healthy in order for me to be in devotion to my service of this on this earth. I need that. So yeah, this episode has been a little long. Um, 
but I hope it's brought you some level of inspiration and understanding that whatever it is that we go through in life, the only certain thing is that we are safe to move through it, is that we have to find that sense of safety within us and within our nervous system. And we have to have the courage to keep going and to continue to meet ourselves with love because life is going to chew us up and spit us out. This year has chewed me up and spit me out. And if it didn't, I wouldn't be here in Mexico and I wouldn't have bought four plots of land. I wouldn't. Like there's no fucking way that if I was in San Diego and things worked out in San Diego that I would be doing this, that I would be here. And I've changed so many lives in the fucking meantime. Like even with the haunted house, I called when I finally called the landlord, she was like, oh my God, I felt so safe in that house. And I didn't know so unsafe in that house. And I didn't know why. And having the conversation with me and me telling her what I saw exactly, she had the courage to leave that house. She had the courage to leave that house. And then with the woman that I found, like I walked her to the other side. I walked her to the other side. I walked her soul to the other side and she chose me for that. And I said, okay. My soul said, okay. My physical body and my mind was like, what the fuck? Why are we doing this? But my soul said, okay. And so I took that and I said, okay, we are doing this together. And yes, it was hard. Yes, the coping was hard. Yes, it still breaks my fucking heart. It broke my heart into pieces. I am human. And also I was of service. And with this black mold and losing everything that brought me here that brought me here and here is where i am meant to be in this moment and i know that with my whole body this is my first place i have ever fallen in love with and it continues to teach me so much and i don't know i can't know about the future but i know about right now and I know that I'm meant to be here and I know that I'm meant to give back to this community in one way or another for all that it has given me. And I wouldn't have been here or been brought here without losing everything that I have owned. And I don't think I would have gone through the land process, the land buying process without that element of understanding detachment at a new level of understanding that nothing that we ever own is actually truly ours and that everything can change in a fucking blink of an eye and that we have to trust ourselves and that it's okay to lose everything and it's okay to fail. It's okay to not know what we are doing next, but nothing makes sense and it will one day. And even moving through this and reflecting on this in this moment, it's like, I, it, we we have to come back to the sense of trust. And that's the one thing I know to be the most true in my life is I deserve to trust. I deserve to trust. I deserve to love. I deserve to love myself through this. This year has been fucking intense. It's been intense. And I've moved through this with so much grace and so much love and so much trust. And there's a level of strength inside of me that I was shown through this, through this year. 
And I just, I am in awe of that part of me that is so strong and is so powerful. And in that strength, she is so in union with love. That strength is not separate from love. It's not. And I feel that wholeheartedly. So I hope this episode has been helpful, um, inspirational, educational. And I invite you to take whatever resonates and to remind yourself that you are safe to move through whatever the fuck you're going through. And that all of the feelings and all of the emotions and uh, whatever it is that is attached to that experience and fully moving through that experience, you are safe to go there. You are safe to be with that because that is what brings the insight. That is what brings the lessons. That is what brings the magic. And that is the space that will bring you to your next step of your journey. So that's where transformation happens. We have to allow ourselves to receive the transformation that lives in our darkest moments. It will change us. They will change us and we can choose to implant more love. We can choose to embody more love. We are safe to do that. All right, my sweet angels. I love you all with my whole heart. Thank you for being with me for this time. Mwah. Alrighty, my loves. Thank you so much for tuning in to Bad Witches Only. I am your host, Ali Schlenner. I would love to stay in touch. So feel free to reach out on Instagram at Bad Witches, Not Sad Witches, or Ali Aligns. And don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the channel on YouTube, Bad Witches Only. The podcast is all about information, teaching, sharing, connecting from the heart centered space. and YouTube is all about doing the practices and getting into your body. All right. I can't wait to connect with you and share my heart and soul in whatever way resonates for you to receive. I love you, my dears. 